0: to another edition of the SBK Betting Podcast with Ross Miller and Tom Collins and a moment's silence now for the end of the jump season. Ross, we are with you in these tricky times as we come to the close of another whirlwind rollercoaster of a season, a season I, I think will be remembered for topsy-turvy weather, uh, a season where we had to bring in a few all-weather specials to fill in for abandoned racing due to the frost, etc. But obviously, the likes of Constitution Hill, Corrick Rambler and that epic Gold Cup did really serve up the best of the jumps, but it does all have to come to an end like all good things. And Ross, as the season comes to a close, I'm sure you have your own standout moments. That's um, 170 to 1 tip on Premier Magic must be up there. What will your reflections be of this season?
1: Uh, I've just really enjoyed it, Jess. I mean, the more you you delve into the racing, the more you find the stories, the more you get attached to jockeys, trainers, owners, horses, pedigrees. Um, I mean, I just get immersed in it, much to uh, Mrs. Miller's absolute frustration. Um, She might get a little bit more of me now through the summer, because I don't don't chuck myself into the flat quite as much, although you two are already drawing me in a bit more in previous years than I have previously. Um, I just think it's been a really good season. I think there's lots of positive stories and i think even in retrospect looking back at the the negative story around entry i think going forward that's going to be a real positive because i think it's kicked everyone up the backside and said we have got to do better we've got to be cohesive um and i think the sport for too long has not been cohesive i think we'll probably talk about that in a minute and i think going forward it could be a real shot in the arm for us
0: Yeah, certainly. And look, you touched on it, and uh, we've already heard about changes that's going to come for next season. Um, The BHA has come from from a lot of rap for, for not doing enough to try and look at ways to. Protect the sport and, and and enhance the the best of the sport, but also look about ways of of changing it for the best. And I think the one thing that I'll take away and I have, and it, I don't think it's always on the on the jumps, but it can be on the flat, is field sizes, the lack of competition, too much racing, prize money. We could go on for for days, but. There has been um, a change and we uh, will look ahead to next season and there will be amendments to the jump schedule. There's a lot to take from the statement that you can find on the on the BHA website. And I suppose when we want more competition, healthy field sizes, uh, but then on the flip side, you do have the likes of Nicky Henderson saying that there's the lack of options for two-milers. Seeing races like the Grade 1 web Hurdle move to 8Tree's new Boxing Day fixture, we're also seeing a couple of notable races being lost, the likes of the the many clouds at entry the Grade Two won by Noble Yates and Protectorat, the, the the future stars listed race. There's a lot of changes coming next season. What do you make of that?
1: I think it's brilliant. Um, I'm sure it'll be a bit painful for, for for some of us. We all have our our favourite races. I'm a real fan of the Dipper Novice Chase at Cheltenham. I, I was normally there. Um, I had a good record in it. I've seen some nice horses win it. But in, in later years, it's it's not been a great race. And I think no one could argue that, you know, the many clouds, I hope he gets another race named after him. But the race last year was a bit of a non-event. It's It's not throwing up the sort of horses. And I think we can't have our cake and eat it. You know, my... I had to laugh at my Twitter feed yesterday. You know, all winter it's been, oh, this is dross. There's three runner fields. There's four runner fields. It's not competitive. They do something about it that is going to make it more competitive. And then my Twitter feed yesterday was, oh, but I love the Leamington hurdle at Warwick. Or, you know, so we, I think we've got to get realistic. We can't have everything. I think it will undoubtedly make racing uh, more competitive. And the only issue I had with it really was I'm, I'm not sure we need a, a two-mile hurdle at Sandown at the end of the season. I just thought that... Possibly would detract from uh, horses trying to do the Cheltenham in the main tree entry double as constitution Hill showed so effortlessly that he was able to do this year
0: mm, yeah absolutely I, I thought there were some interesting Changes. I, I like the um, amendment from the Desert Orchid to becoming a Grade Two limited handicap. Um, more handicaps the better, and also encourage these Grade Two horses to to run in handicaps with big weights. We're going to see it this weekend as well. You've got a lot of French horses, but I think you get the best out of horses. You get wonderful stories. And didn't we see it in the Punchestown Gold Cup just yesterday? Um, you know, horses that have have applied their trades and handicaps and moving out into to bigger and better things and I just think it it, it hopefully it might take a, a couple of, of seasons to sort of get used to but it will be for the best and that's what we want. For our sport, um thanks Ross for your, your thoughts on that. Um, and also well done last week. Um, your next best selection, uh, Rubo, um, was a winner, as well as Kitty's Light, who won the Scottish National at an SP of 4-1. So that gave you a 21.5-1 to one double. And it leads us quite seamlessly into this weekend's um, big preview and um, we're going to focus on what we love to call the Whitbread Gold Cup at Sandown um, as it was formerly known and Kitty's Light is back again seven days after those heroics um, up in Scotland he is looking to do this brilliant double um, and make it a three third straight success in a row he's got his lovely racing weight of 10 stone the mark of 140 is due to go up um, I think it's six pounds and I suppose Ross we'll go back to you again did he look like a horse with full of running that can come back a week later? Because I think it's going to be some training performance if you can do this
1: double. Well, no, he didn't. But then you'd probably argue through most of his career, he's looked like a horse that's virtually had enough after a mile in most of his races. So I think you just, you, you, you can't, t- you know, you can't take him literally. He is a remarkable horse trained by a remarkable trainer who does things differently. Um, I think he 's going to be suited by this new calendar going forwards um it's you if you, if you 're going to back him or tip him which i am you you 're taking a risk on a seven day turnaround uh, you know they tried it with captain Orden that didn 't work, but no two horses are the same he 's well in at the weights he 's got a lovely racing weight. Um, he's going to love this ground we we know that for certain and then the jumping test is a it's just a bit of a question but he handled it quite well last time um around Sandown. you know going down the back of those railway fences if he gets out of rhythm there which he can do that's going to be a problem but conversely the long run between two out to the last is really going to suit him because the fences can get a bit in his way you know when he's when he's in full gear you know he was pretty lucky at the last. Like, I think if that was a on a different course, he might not have got away with that. But I also think if it was on a different course, he probably wouldn't have tried it. I think he's a very intelligent sort of horse. He knows his limitations. He you know what he can and can't get away with. Uh, in terms of whether he can back it up, go back to July 2020. Um, he ran three times in novice hurdles between the 1st July and the 19th of July. I then had a three-week break, incidentally, and, and won his opening handicap chase off a mark of 109. Uh, how well in was he that day? Um, so it shows that even as a young horse, then he had a fair constitution because actually each of those three runs, although he wasn't troubling the judge, he stepped forward on each of them. Um, I think he's just a real tough, hard little horse. I give him every chance. Um, you, you, the questions are obvious, but I think well in at the weights on this ground. I give him a chance. And then one more that I do like is Broken Halo for Paul Nichols. He's got good course form the last twice in the Grand Military Gold Cup and the Royal Artillery Gold Cup went amateur ridden. Um, in these amateur uh, military races, they tend to go quite hard, as they do in amateur race. They tend to get racing a little bit early. Um, he did have the best jockey on in uh, Jody soul each time, um, but he got racing early. He stayed really well the last time, just under hands and heels riding. Um Joe Sol knows his limitations, didn't pick his stick up. Um, and he just galloped right the way through the line. I think he's a horse that will steer this trip out very well. Uh, he's up to 135, but Tom Buckley takes three off. Um, and he's still below his highest winning mark of 137 when winning at Fontwell by 17 lengths uh, from uh, Black Jerry, who's now rated 142. So I think this horse got huge upsides. If the ground is properly quick on the good side, that's a question mark but he's handled good to soft really well um Paul Nichols has kept his horse in remarkable form all season through uh, and I think around about 20 to 1 he's massively overpriced
0: yeah Tom Buckley takes three off as well what do you make of that I thought that's quite interesting uh booking there
1: yeah I think Tom Buckley's Gone a bit under the radar. I mean, he's, he's, he's moved from Nigel Hawke to um, Paul Nicholls. He's had to take his take his time. You know, Paul Nicholls got plenty of jockeys in there. But every time I've seen him be given a chance, he's taken it. I think uh, along with his brother, Kieran, who's now out in, in Ireland with Gavin Cromwell, they're a really good pair. They use their brain. They seem pretty composed, ride with a good length of leg. Uh, I have absolutely no issue with him whatsoever. And, and any weight off a horse's back and he's staying in handicap chases uh, is ideal for me.
0: Yeah, gives him a lovely racing rate of 10 stone, just noting there that he actually did win on the horse back in uh, March of 2022 in an obvious chase. So obviously um, is uh, going back on that winning partnership. So interesting, broken halo, obviously. Um, Kitty's light. You, you'd be a fool not to have him as, as a saviour. You don't want him to get too short for a race like this. But you, I think if you can get five to one in a roundabout, which, which you've got now, which hopefully SPK can give us... Um, considering he, he looks like a horse that just thrives at this time of year. He's ran in this race twice before, hasn't he, and, and run with enormous credit. Uh, so he just he's just got and he's got a wonderful partner in Jack Tudor who gets the best out of him I thought he just gave him such a cool ride last time and and the time before in the Ida. so you've got to love Kitty's light Um, Tom I'll bring you in as well there's so much to take away from the out of this race I thought you know you've got that ultima form um, that would possibly is is definitely worth noting Um, I wanted to use that as an angle especially seeing uh, Fast or Slow winning the Pakistan Gold Cup yesterday and obviously Correct rambler and um, backing that form up and there's the couple of horses uh, the gother t-clipper being uh, two of them in there do they give you warrant any respect for you or have you gone elsewhere
2: yeah, they were both on my short list, I have to say. Uh, I do prefer the gopher out of the two just because I think he's the strongest stayer. And they're likely to go fast pace in here with the likes of Ansam, Frodon, Annual Victus all in the field. I also think the ground will be good to soft. Uh, it's currently listed as good, which is remarkable given the uh, flat track is listed as heavy for Friday's fixture. Uh, but there is five millimeters of rain scheduled for Thursday afternoon. It's currently Thursday morning that we're filming this. So uh, I think it will go on the soft side of good. And it will become a real stamina test. So out of the two in the Ultima, uh, I prefer the gopher, though it is worth noting that Gordon Elliott has a pretty bleak strike rate with runners at uh, in the UK outside of Cheltenham, Perth and Ayr. He doesn't have a very good strike rate at the likes of Sandown, Ascot, etc. So you have to factor that in. And that was just enough to put me off the gopher, I have to say. Uh, Kitty's like, i fully respect him uh but i feel like it's very much the the case that we made earlier in the season for captain nord when he won the swindy chase and he was coming back uh, seven days later to run at kempton in the coral trophy um and he got stuffed that day and everyone made the case that captain Nord's well handicapped he's in form now kitty's like slightly different he's very game as game as they come and whenever he races he tends to save some that's why he's always so strong at the finish maybe he could win again i don't know i think he's short enough in the market And I was also going to touch on those three races early in his career when he was a novice hurdler, three runs in 18 days. But, I mean, it's really hard to put any weight in those efforts, I think, because he just wasn't trained to win those races. He was popping around the back to get a handicap mark. We can say it because he won next time up off a very light, uh, lenient mark. Like, that was the whole aim. So I think the fact that he ran three times in a short period of time there cannot be used as evidence that he's going to handle a quick turnaround. Maybe he will. There's no evidence that he can't. But I don't think you can use it as a, as a pro for him. So I just looked for, for one at a big price. Um, certainly red was the horse that stood out to me. Now, he's gonna be overlooked in the market because of his connections, but the booking of crack conditional, Kalen Quinn, I think is a huge positive and gives me a lot of confidence in that regard. This horse was in fantastic form earlier in the season. He racked up two wins at Wincanton and a victory at Sandown, albeit over a much shorter trip. Then he had a break at the start of the spring, which was clearly used to freshen him up for events like this. He's come back with an effort over hurdles, which you can't take literally because that was just to shake off the rust. And I think he's handicapped. He's gone up the weights. Look, like we can't overlook that, but I think he's still handicapped to win. And with this good conditional rider on board and the fact he loves a, a real stamina test at Sandown on deep ground, he can't be overlooked for an each way or place play at double figure odds.
0: Okay, so would you be hopeful that there's probably a bit more rain around for him if, if you know especially as the as as you say, the going description is is slightly perplexing with the flat course and the and the jumps course being two different two different descriptions.
2: Yeah, it's a bit odd, uh, the the contrasting uh, ground conditions, but hopefully there is a little bit more rain for him. It's going to be a stamina test no matter what, I think, no matter if it's good to soft ground, good ground, because they're going to go reasonable gallop. It's over three miles, four and a half furlongs. Like You're going to need an abundance of stamina to get home, and he definitely has that.
0: Okay, fine. So certainly Red, who's around 16 to 1 uh, for Lydia Richards, Kaylin Quinn, um, the nine-year-old who's uh, definitely, yeah, as you say, don't, don't don't worry about that last run. That was definitely uh, a good prep in for, for this. And you you have to think a lot of horses have been sort of set up for this race. Um, they've been uh, waiting for this. And my two are um, a two that have... I've got different profiles and Sam being the first of them. I was uh, in the studio when I watched him win the Boeing Cup at Ludlow last time out beating the Wolf. I thought it was a really interesting uh, race to watch uh, from and supporters because they... They've changed up tactics. Um, he's normally a horse that goes out and gets given a positive ride by Adam Wedge, but they just sort of decided just to let him sort of sort of hunt into the pack a little bit and actually brought out um, another side to Aunt Sam and um, showed he's very, fairly versatile. And I like the, the confidence Evan Williams had from him and when he came out afterwards and said, look, got his confidence back. Um, you know, we want to keep going, keep rolling. This is a horse that has and has us throughout the course of the season but he has showed himself to be a proper jumper and I think he can stay well like this will be a first test at a, at a trip further than three miles for him but he didn't show like he was stopping at the line last time out um and I think that Evan Williams who probably by his standards has had a quiet enough season he's had a nice few winners um, lately and um hopefully they're just sort of um in a, in a better vein of form so I do like Ann Sam at around eleven to one, um, the other horse I'm going to uh, put up is got a better racing weight, and um, that's Cavalera uh, for Chris Gordon and, and Rex Dingles on board. This horse could not live uh, with the, the quality, I'd imagine, in the in the um, National Hunt Chase, but a race that's worked out very well. We saw how well guided Manil ran in the Grand National, and uh, Mr. Coffee did as well. Um, and yes, he did pull up. Probably wasn't massively suited by very soft. Going conditions and just couldn't really live with them either. But then put, proved himself again uh, back at Exeter last time, where he was held up and and stayed on really strongly. He's only up five pounds. Um, yes, that this is a um, this is a completely different test again. Um, but I think that he'll benefit from a big um, hustle and bustle of this kind of race. And again, as I said, he's got a nice racing weight for this uh, for the team, Chris Gordon team, who I just really, really rate massively. Um, so hope to see uh, him do well here. Kovale, who will be a big price double figure price i would like uh, for him um and so that's the the sandland gold cup and on finals day um it's going to be a day for plenty of angles we've got the last day of the punch sound festival we've got very informative racing at leicester on the flat where i'll be so i'm really looking forward to going up there for the day um we've got hewitt who's got rachel blackmore on board the horse that ran a blinder in the gold cup before falling um Blackmore was booked up at Sandown. Was there's also racing at haydock as well ross i'll come to you first so much to pick from i'm sure you're going to make the most of uh the jump action in its uh in this official final day although we do have job racing beginning pretty quickly afterwards i'm at warwick on monday i don't know where the break i assumed that there was going to be a break but we're jumping pretty quickly so you're you've got you've got your racing where you want it very soon after saturday
1: yeah, let's the BHA will be dealing with that next year, let's hope, given these you know, giving the flat chance to sort of come to the front and, and leave the jumps alone for a bit. But yeah, I am sticking with with Sandown for, for one last hit of, of jump racing. Um the nap is in the one forty uh, Paul Nichols grinatine. I've already said that Paul Nichols has kept his horse in, in great form. Grinatine's won this last two years. I think he'll win it a third time. At the time recording, John on is his favourite and that absolutely staggers me. Uh, he's the fourth highest rated in the field. Um, he's racing off level weights. He's got nine pounds to find with Grinitine. Um Aidan Coleman was was this week saying that he wouldn't mind having another another crack at his um conqueror at the Chantham Festival with a more positive ride on better ground. Well, I was at Aintree and I don't think it was a great ride on John Bond to win to win last time. I thought it was negative in the main part. I thought he was positive in a few few places I wasn't all that impressed. Ian Coleman is a really nice guy from what I've seen a very intelligent speaker but I think he's on well he's undoubtedly on the back nine of his, his career and I, I'm just not sure he's the jockey he was. I think he's riding with, with nerve um, or nerves and, and, and a bit of a lack of confidence and I just don't see that he's going to be positive enough on John Bond in open grade Around Sandown to 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 get that job done. I think Grinatine is very uncomplicated. Harry Cobden's riding on a crest of a wave at the moment. He was brilliant at Punchdown this week, um, and I just think that the market's got it all wrong. Grinatine should comfortably account for for John Bond and the rest. And then in the two fifty, uh, Hewick mentioned with with Rachel Blackmore, he's a short enough price, but I think there's very little throw against him. Other than the fact he fell last time, and I know some very esteemed tipsters that wouldn't go near a horse that had fallen last time, um, I can forgive it because he's clearly a tough horse. Um, they were prepared to go to, to Punch Town this week, they swerved that on account of the slightly softer ground, I think um, this looks... A, a, a sort of much easier contest he's got bags of speed He want a Galway plate off 155 he's already proven he likes this course by winning this race last year off a mark of 149 um, I think he's got plenty of speed he'll love the good ground um, and I think Rachel Blackmore is a, is a really solid booking
0: yeah, look, she's obviously over to ride Captain Guinness as well for Henry de Bromhead, and it's the last day of the, the Pontchartan Festival. So um, it, it's uh, there's there's so much going on in Ireland. So, yeah, great to have Hewitt in this competition because he's meant to be running in the Pontchartan Gold Cup, you say, and uh, a, a fabulous horse. Let's hope that fall. Let's hope the race hasn't taken too much out of them. I, I it's uh, that We saw the Pontchartan Gold Cup yesterday. Briefly, love to get your thoughts on that. Do you think it was a case of... They kind of underestimated Farcel Sower behind, or do you think someone might have got it? Where, I mean, Harry Cobson was very self-deprecating afterwards, saying that he just missed that final fence. And then I thought Paul Towner might have just judged it just a, a shade or so so late on, on Gallopin Deschamps, and where you could get away with that punch down that you could have done at Cheltenham.
1: I, I just thought Gallopin Deschamps looked a little bit looked a little bit flat and I thought it was only his guts and class that got him as close as as he was at the end um personally I'm not certain that even if Harry Cobden had jumped the last he'd have eaten fast or slow it's very painful to talk about Jess I'm sure it is for you because I know you were a fan of fast or slow in the Ultima so quite how he got beaten in that and then goes and wins this is it's painful to talk about I thought it was a really good race I think it it shows as did Ferranilli actually which we ought to mention that these horses can be campaigned uh with with sort of ambition, if it suits the horse, you can't just say that Fair win, winning a bumper in December and then winning uh, at the Punchdown Festival of Fences in the April can be done with every horse because like people, they're all different. But I think um, you have to applaud Emmett Mullins. I think you have to applaud Martin Brazil and Faster Slow. He's a clearly upwardly mobile horse. But now I, I just Punchestown, I just draw a line through the form. You know, Album Photo was beaten there after winning a Gold Cup. Um I just think perhaps, you know, uh whether they went a bit easy on on uh Gallopin de Champ after the uh, Gold Cup win, I don't know. But I, I wouldn't particularly hold it against Paul Townend. and um I actually think he's riding particularly well in the last couple of months.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I've, I've, sometimes you have to put a line through the form, but then you do see things like Gaelic Warrior and you think, oh, that's interesting for next season and what he does um, over three miles and a dream to share. But, I mean, that's a fr- I, they were going over on racing TV how there hasn't been a horse, I don't think that has existed to win five bumpers and you've got to be some sort of freak to do that. Um, and ch- turn up at all these different festivals whether he convert it over hurdles we'll see but it was uh, yeah it, where we thought it would be a william mullins domination we're only halfway through it uh, there's been some really nice stories for some other trainers and some other really good campaigning by other trainers so yeah always uh, good to see and good for the health of irish national hunt racing um tom i'm imagining you're going out elsewhere outside of Sandown because there's some really really good flat cards um on saturday
2: Yeah, firstly, there is a horse that's won five bumpers. And I pointed this out to Mr. Fran Berry, uh, I did say on Twitter. Turbo Lynn back in 2006, 2007 for Alan Swinbank. Uh, But we'll get back to the Napa next best. The nap is at Leicester. (laughs) Well, Alan Swinbank, super fan back in the day. Um, The nap is in the 305 at Leicester. And I know you fancy one in here as well, but it's not the same horse. Uh, My big fancy is Al Mubir. Now, I strongly fancied him for the Lincoln. Uh, He went off a short price favourite. I thought he was well-treated off a mark of 97 that day, and he ran respectably to finish fifth of 22. He never really looked like he was going to win at any point, but he was there or thereabouts at the finish line. The handicap has not punished him for that effort, and he's a big, strong horse. who's likely to come on for the run, so as much as William Haggis thought he was 100%, he probably wasn't. I think he'll shake off that tiny bit of rust uh, from Doncaster, still off the same mark, and he's facing much weaker opposition uh, at Leicester. William Haggis has a 29% strike rate at this track in the last five years. William Buick, who takes the ride, 27% strike rate at this track in the last five years. Considerably easier than his last effort. And I think uh, Alma Beer will win the 3.05 at Leicester. And my next best, look, th- this weekend I thought was really difficult from a punting perspective. It's not one that I'm going to get too involved in. So my next best is... Virtually a stat attack, uh, which is just kind of mas- masquerading as an expert. best It's
0: ex-best. back! the stat
2: attack! Yeah, back. it's back in nature rather than name. Uh, and that is that Ian Jardine has only have ever had two runners at Leicester in his training career. Uh, he's going to make that three on Saturday as he sends just one horse down from his Carruthers town base. Um, it's a 450-mile journey, a nine-hour round trip, um, and that horse is hour by hour who runs in the 4.15 at Leicester. Now, this three-year-old's already shown a love for soft ground, and I think that's kind of why he's sending him down to Leicester. If you saw the first meeting at this track early in the season, I don't know if I think it was a couple of weeks ago, they were finishing wide apart it was like the boat race. It was unbelievable. There was about 60, 70 lengths between first and last in every race. There was a three-runner novice event where the winner beat the second by 50 lengths, and there was 40 lengths back to the third. It was ludicrous. So the ground is in quite a state already at Leicester, and I think this is why Ian Jardine is sending hour by hour down to the track. He won on soft ground at Hamilton early in his career, his only victory, and he came back off a layoff to finish second on soft ground at Pontefract last time. I think he's well handicapped, and just this entry, miles away from the the stable is very interesting so hour by hour in the 415 at Leicester is the next best forward slash stat attack
0: (laughs) brilliant yeah Leicester did it they don't have to have flag starts Throughout the course of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, Matt, let's hope it's a, a little bit more straightforward um for, for Leicester. Um, but we've got some really interesting horses running there as well, including none of them Bayid's half-brother, who runs in the... it has his first race, Nikib, um, in the 10 furlong uh, novice. Um, Bayid began his life at Leicester. Uh, Nikib by Nathaniel's got a derby entry. He's trying to work out if there are any horses that have gone to the Derby after one run, if he was to win this, he um, might have time for a, for a um, for a, for another run in between. But let's see. I'll be really interested. To, I've seen some pictures on on social media on Twitter, and he looks like a, a lovely looking animal. And so looking forward to seeing him in in the flesh at Leicester on Saturday. Right from me, um, I was looking at declarations early this morning and um, was waiting to see uh, how this would unveil. And Bo uh, Pedro, who's my Nap in the two in the three o five at Leicester did have Ryan Moore on board, but he's now switched over to Arian Power for Sir Michael Stout, which um, is unsurprising really because of his connections to Sir Michael. But David Probert's uh, gain um, and he teams up with David O'Meara. I think Ross, we were chatting about Bo Pedro. A while ago in one of these pods, talking about that that he had a big handicap in him at some point. Now I hope he hasn't blown his handicap mark after winning at Newmarket last time. Um, he won at a lovely price of eleven to one, and he just showed all the attributes that we we discuss. I think you know this is a horse that um, David O'Meara is just 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 getting finding right. I think uh, the ground is a big key for him. Um, I think uh, been given a nice patient ride as well. Now Danny Tartope has got the best out of him. I assume he must be at the likes of of haydock or Doncaster on saturday um but if he gets given a nice ride and if, and if they if the pace holds up out in front as well and um, he should like that too he does need to defy a six pound rise in the weights which is considerable but uh, there's not a m- huge amount separating any of these horses really it's quite a compressed race um and i do like Bo pedro i still think there's more um in there and he obviously arrives here in good form so i'm taking a taking on tc for this race um my next best, I go over to Haydock uh, for the 420, uh, a horse that I was impressed by at Kempton who won one last time is Deceiver for the Kublers, um, has been given quite, uh, I think, a lenient enough opening mark of 79. Uh, the form is working out at all right, like he has to step up his game a little bit in a competitive handicap. But I think he's got a nice racing weight of eight nine, um, and he sh- again should be a horse that should be suited by a strong pace and a, a good field. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how he goes now back on um, back on the uh, back on the turf. But he's a horse that on his first start was uh, third to arrest to heads to the classic trial on Friday. So Deceiver uh, for of Marcus seventy nine could be quite quite well handicapped. And finally, a quick word for With Respect, to runs in the 205 at Haydock over six furlongs. This race has been a bit of a plan since he won at Subtle back in February. We've given him a nice break. Uh, which he's really enjoyed. He's uh, in very good spirits at home. Um, and we were hoping that it would be slightly softer than this. He really is ideal on on softer than good ground. Um, but he's got his winning partner, uh, Richard Kingscott, who was on board him when he won first time out as a two-year-old. And I don't think this is the most competitive of races. And uh, although his winning form from Subble has turned out brilliantly, I think that uh, he's just showed himself to be the class horse that he is and he definitely should should still be off a mark of 70 um he's just obviously had a long long time off um with a tendon injury so that took him uh, two seasons out so he's just sort of getting there now and the tongue tie definitely helped him last time so fingers crossed he runs well that's in the 205 at uh, haydock on saturday that's it from us um we'll be back next week and um, we hope that uh, ross enjoys his final day of the jump season proper. But as we know, there's plenty more uh, where that comes from over the course of the summer. Controversially, it might be, but there is always summer jump racing and um, we can get uh, some of his insights throughout the course of the season. But we also hope that he can give us some of his flat tips because they aren't half bad and he loves his juveniles as well um, but a reminder that new sbk customers can get 20 pounds of free bets by betting 10 pounds T and Cs always apply and remember to subscribe to whatever podcast channel you listen to we're also on youtube so you can see us um, and there's also plenty other content as well as sbk ambassador content including george bowie's stable tour so not to be missed so thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week